Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. What's good, yo? It's your boy, Mikey D, a.k.a. Mikey Destruction. Right now, you're tuned in to 360 University Podcast with my man, Cool Rock D and DJ 360. Holla. I'm your international homeboy, the incredible DJ 360. In the words of DMC, I've stood on many stages and held many mics. I've also rocked crowds around the world on the two turntables. I'm here to share my experiences with music and education with you. And it's your boy Cool Rock, a.k.a. Cool Rock Steve from the legendary Fat Boys. I got the hit albums, I got the hit movies, I got all that. Welcome Welcome to 360 University. to the people out there this is your international homeboy the incredible dj 360 along with my co-host legendary fat boy himself cool rock ski yes yes y'all we back once again the 360 university podcast we all up in your eardrums beating on your speakers man just knocking it out the box 360 university podcast on all platforms i mean cool we on spotify now we on soundcloud we on apple itunes google play um anchor um, and any other place that you listen to podcasts, we right there on that platform. So check us out, man. You know, what's crazy is an uh, astronaut came down from the sky and said that we're up in um, <laughs> orbit now. We're, we're, on, we're in Pluto. That's real. Hey, that's real because I think I saw a logo up on the moon, man. It was dope. It was like, yo, we made it. <laughs> we made it out. We made it, yeah. We're intergalactic. We're, we're... <laughs> Yeah, we're into God. <laughs> hey. More than a Beastie Boys song. <laughs> right, right. Planetary and all that, man. We in the house, man. And, um, yo, this episode is episode 13. Matter of fact, we calling it Lesson 13. We 13 episodes deep. For all of y'all, This is if this is your first time listening to the 360 University podcast with Cool Rockski and DJ 360, uh, you got to go back and check us out. We got about 12, 12 um, episodes that we've done up to this point. We, this is number 13, and we back in school. And, and as a matter of fact, I know you all have a lot of time to check out these episodes because you're in the house. Cool. I mean, this quarantine, yeah. this, the, 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 the virus is going around the world. It's made, a, made its way around the world. It's now a national right. and international emergency pandemic. You know what I'm saying? So how you been making out, man? Um, pretty much just trying to, you know, maintain and keep a clear head, a positive, a positive view about everything that's happening, which is pretty hard because every, every day you hear more and more bad news of, of things that are shutting down and things are, to, you know, things that's to come as far as, you know, tanks coming through cities yeah. and all kinds of crazy That martial stuff. law, you know, right? Who knew? Yeah, martial law. Who knew that 2020 would bring this? But at the same time, I'm not surprised at anything that happens in this world. Not one thing that happens. Exactly. Because, you know, it is... 
things are bound to happen. You know, whether it's good or whether it's bad, they're going to happen. Right. Yeah, and, so, and, and we just gotta, and, and and like you said, man, the media is like there's some some episodes of different broadcasts, man, that that make people panic, and, and and all of a sudden you look outside, and you got lines around the corner outside of these grocery stores, people buying up all the meat, you know what I'm saying, and all the the paper towels and sanitary stuff. So it's like, you know, I think and just yeah, like people are out for sale. You know, you see the the two. The, the true colors of some human beings, I'm not saying all of them, but some human beings are, are just out for self and, and just being selfish. And it doesn't help when the media is creating this whole Twilight Zone kind of monsters <laughs> or, maple, two yeah. or Maple Street kind of at, atmosphere, you know? Right, so. exactly. Exactly, man. So, so man, you know, whenever y'all get to the stores, if you make it out to the stores to do your shopping, make sure you pick some of that Hella hot hot sauce up, man, from that aisle when you get your hot sauce, man. That's all. Yeah, um, this, episode is this episode is brought to you by Hella Hot Hot Sauce, man. Shout out to the homeboy Kyle out there in California. Hey, I, I found a new, I got a new flavor that I like out of the series, man, out of um, Hella Hot Hot Sauce. And it's the, the jalapeno cucumber. Have you tasted that one, Cool? I haven't had that yet. I had... I I I'm on my my first bottle. I'm still in my first bottle. Okay. And actually, I, I I eat the hot sauce. Well, I put hot sauce um, on my peanut butter and um, whole wheat sandwich before I work out. Okay. What it does is that it it fuels the workout for the fact that it it uh, I'll be sweating like a freaking runaway slave by the time I'm on my second set a freaking push-up, so, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> so I use it for a lot of different things. Right, know? okay, so, okay, that's kind of like how they say, um, to use cayenne pepper and lemon juice and honey, like, right, on, on, yeah, so, so that the, the pepper has something to do with, I guess, breaking down fat, right. in a sense, yeah, yeah, that's dope, man, so yeah. shout out to Hella Hot Hot Sauce, pick that up, um, 360 University podcast sponsors and make sure you all check us out. We all over the internet. You can check us out on Instagram, 360 University one, same thing, same tag, same handle on Twitter, on Facebook and shoot us an email. And we got a special guest, you know what I'm saying? So I want y'all to chime in and give us a, uh, drop us a line and let us know how you, how, what you think about our special guest that we have on the line that we will mention in just a moment. And you, and trust me, you will not want to, Turn your radios off when you hear who we got on the line um, coming up in just a moment. But um, in the meantime, just, you know, subscribe, tell a friend, share, and we can get all the way uh, to planet, I don't know, Neptune and uh, Saturn, man. If we made it to the moon, we can get past all that, man, and we we, we could be in your stereo, uh, in your area. Venus and exactly. Serena. You know what I'm saying? We need it all, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Planet Serena. Planet Serena, man. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean you know. <laughs> yeah man so but um but yeah man i want to um i want to i want to just talk about um you know safety and being cool and 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 handling um your 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 cleanliness and your your health in this time just real quick you know and we said this in the last episode but it's gotten progressively uh worse over the last couple weeks couple days so make sure you're washing your hands and doing everything your mom told you to do when you were seven eight nine ten it's common sense you know um but now it's gotten to the point where we got to kind of give the elderly and the, the, the senior citizens um, some space. You know what I mean? Because they're saying that the age group that's more likely to catch this um, virus is like, what, 65 and up? And those that have, right. those that have pre-existing conditions, you know what I mean? So it's crazy because a lot of these grandparents can't even hang with their, their grandkids right now, you know? So it's like, 
um, it's really kind of breaking into the family household now, you know. Right. Yeah. Yes. Very sad situation what's going on now. But hopefully, hopefully, you know, um, it'll be over very, very soon, hopefully. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? A lot of people feeling like they in jail in their own house. You know what I'm saying? It's like, um, right. So, I'm a, matter of fact, I'm going to go into that right now about the fat boys in jail. <laughs> you know jail. what I'm saying? <laughs> Hell of a segue, man. Uh, How appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, we're going to go into it right now. And then after we come back from this uh, song break by um, the fat, the legendary fat boys, which my co-host is a legendary member of, Cool Rock Ski is in the house. Um, we're going we, we gonna, to, we have a special guest, one of the most fierce MCs in hip hop is here with us today. Um, one of the most respected MCs that I've seen. Um, people just giving him his props. and You know, he's a beast. He's a lyrical uh, giant in this game. So when we come back, we're going to be in the house with MC, the legendary. I got to put that in front, the legendary. Mikey D, one of the kings from Queens. Let's go. favorites man fat boy is one of the classics tell me a little bit about real quick man before we get into um this legendary interview we about to get into tell tell us about how that that song came about the concept about being you know in jail and the beat the whole because that because that once people hear the intro of that song they already know it's going down you know fat right. boys so how did how did that come about um, man? actually that was i think that was our third song we recorded off our first album 
Um, I don't even call it an album anymore. I call it like an EP. I only got like eight songs in our first album. Right. Um, as you looked at albums, how they progressed down the line, it had like 20, 25, 30 songs. We had more like an EP back then. Us and Run DMC and you know, it, Houdini was made like eight to nine songs. Anyway, we did the, that's the third song of the album and we heard the bass line and the pianos came in afterwards and we, you know, we just wrote. At first, the song consisted of us talking a lot of grimy stuff. And we sent the lyric, we sent the song back to the record company. And they sent it back. They said, we can't, we can't use this because it's too much. We was talking about shooting cops in the back. Because <laughs> I had it like that. You know, we was talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. And they were like, no, 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 no. We don't talk about, you guys can't talk about that kind of stuff. And so we had to change the lyric. And what's crazy is Curtis Blow let it go. You know, Curtis Blow heard it. He loved it. He was like, but they were like, no, no, we're not, we're not trying to portray this group to be that kind of act. So we had to switch the lyrics and do it more, you know, comedic like. So yeah. um, it worked out. That's where that song. And, yeah, it worked <laughs> out. And we shot the video in Rikers Island. That's crazy. We oh, wow. video in Rikers. We did a show in Rikers Island um, two days before the video. We did a show for the inmates. Then we shot the video in Rikers Island. Wow, that's dope. That's dope. Classic, classic. Hey yo, hey yo, cool. If we keeping with the classic, man. If we getting, if we, if we talking, if we talking real hip hop. If we talking MCs. If we talking lyricists. If we talking the culture. I think we got one of the most appropriate MCs on the line with us today. You know what I'm saying? Um, as a special guest uh, to the 360 uh, University podcast, and we've only had two, two. Um, this is our second guest because we're real particular about who we select to to interview. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Mikey D is in the house. One of the fiercest MCs in the world. Um, he he's been a, around the culture of hip hop for years, and he's here with us today. Mikey D, what's up, big homie? Mikey D, yo yo yo, what's good, y'all? <laughs> pleasure to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness. Oh, thanks, thanks for thanks for um, you know, thanks for doing this, man. Definitely, yeah, man, anytime, yeah, anytime, man. Um, you you you're known as one of the dopest MCs, man. Even to me, man. I I um I was listening to this was back in like ninety I would say ninety two, and you know remember I don't know if y'all remember Sway and King Tech. You know the Sway that's on um um, um Sway in the morning. Sway in the morning. Now the morning. he was on KML in the Bay Area back in the days. He and uh, King Tech was yep. his DJ, and they had this um the King Tech and and, and Sway had like a show. I think it was called the. Uh, I forgot what it was called, man. It was that long ago. But they King Tech did a mix, and he put um, I Get Rough in the mix. And I was like, who is this dude? This was back in 92. Who is this guy? Man, once I found out, I put that song on a tape and record and recorded it like back to back to back like four or five times so I can just <laughs> listen to that song over and over again. Man, Mikey D is in the house, y'all. Yes, sir. Um... Yo, so tell us, man, tell us, for those out there in the world who don't know who Mikey D is, um, and if you're a hip-hop head, you got to be, you probably were under a rock or something if you don't know who Mikey D is, but for those out there right. who don't know, man, tell us, tell, give everybody an idea of who you are and how you got into hip-hop. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm that little light-skinned guy from Queens, and the little, little, <laughs> little battle rap guy, you know what I mean? I was, I was about... 95 pounds but i was a bully on the mic uh, um you know I, you know come from lawton um LA, when i got into LA the game queens. yeah la queens baby <laughs> <Mary Boulevard. laughs> back, back when i got into the game that's when it was 
like it was competitive. You know what I mean? So my 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 intention was to like once I embraced it was to try like to be the the best rapper in my neighborhood. Basically, I just wanted because you know every all of the young dudes around the way started doing it, and I, you know I wanted to be the best one. So what what attracted me to it was um my boy D Money. He used to visit his grandmother. Um, he used to come from Harlem to Queens and his grandmother lived next door to my grandmother in Lawton. And um, he bought the tape of, of Grandmaster Kaz was on the tape and also that legendary battle with Kumo D and Busy B was on the tape. Mm. So when when, when I, I heard that, it was off to the radio. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the, the rhyme that inspired me to start writing was Grandmaster Kaz when he rhymed about Yvette. Yeah. And I went home, I went next door, and I wrote a rhyme, and it was kind of emulating Yvette. I called it Dawn, and that was the first rhyme I wrote. But from from then on, it was no looking back. It was off to the race. Do you remember so, a couple of lines from, from Dawn? Do you remember anything from that one? I remember, uh, 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 I used to have a girl, and I thought she was fly, but one day I cut her off, and I don't remember why. <laughs> Okay, her, la- her name was Dawn and her last name Scott. She was amazingly terrific and erotically hot. Light-skinned for 11 with a big fat pass. Yeah, she had a better figure than that. I don't get an hourglass, right? She was single, so I asked her if she needed a man. But I didn't expect no one-night stand. Yeah. That was the first one I wrote. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember that, George. I remember that. Uh, what's his name that you rocked at? Was it Hank Love or it was... Um... Hank Lover DNA. Right. Hank Lover DNA. And Ed Lover had a show in in um in Long Island. Um they Wild was, Man oh, Steve oh. and those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. W B A U in Garden City. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and so that rhyme, that was the first rhyme that I wrote. And when we recorded it, I had Rozell do the human beatbox. And Rozell is the human beatbox that was originally with the roots. Right. He, you know, first time he did the beatbox on, on records was on Dawn. And we had that as the flip side of uh, my telephone. Wow. But yeah. So my intention wasn't even to really make records. I just wanted to be the dopest rapper in the neighborhood. But then, right. You know, the neighborhood got boring to me. So I started traveling outside of the neighborhood and just stepping into any, you know, cipher, I battle whoever, blah, blah, blah. You know, with a 40, that gave me a lot of courage when I was little. So, <laughs> you know, so that's basically how that went, man. So, I was mostly a battle rapper. What was it What was it about Grandmaster Kaz? Is, I guess his delivery or his cadence? What was it that drew you to, well, to his... Um, to the- it, it was so... It, well, it was definitely the cadence, and, and it was how he did it so flawlessly. You know what right. I mean? And every right. word, I could understand every word. Yeah. It made sense. It made you laugh. It made you feel, and it made you you, you visualize what he was saying. And I right. just felt that. And then on that same tape, I remember there was a heckler in the audience, and Kaz went in on the heckler. So that that was like, yo, this is what I want to do. Oh, yeah. When he said, <laughs> he said, it's a long time ago. No, he, what he said? He said, oh, each and every time. Somebody the woody always an That was it for me, man. <laughs> and then even even after the cold crush, like around our way in Lawton, 
we had a lot of rap groups, man. We had like the professional five, they were popping. We had the rapomatical five, they were popping. And then we had a group called the Clientele Brothers. The Clientele Brothers was the equivalent to the Cold Crush in the Bronx to us in Queens. You know what I mean? So okay, okay. It was like, I, yo, Eddie OJ had this swag of a, of a black Fonz, and Will Seville was just like a lyrical wise man. You know what I mean? And, um, we were young and we always looked up to them. And then right. a few years down the pipe, man, we hit me and Johnny Quest, which was which was my DJ, had the opportunity to join the clientele brothers as the newest members of that. And that was like the highlight highlight of my whole thing, man. It was like I signed a record deal when I got with these two brothers. Right. So now 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 my whole flow and the way I am today is a combination of Eddie OJ and Will Seville, man. Those are the dudes that I really embraced after hearing Grandmaster Kaz and Kumo D. And then those two guys developed Mikey D. Wow. 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 And so, yeah. so, so when you say you, you were, you know, you battle rapping, right? And you, the, the hood got born. Yeah. So you ventured out. So what was the first stop? Yeah. What was the first stop to, uh, you know, either, either MC, what, where did you go outside of Queens or, or in another neighborhood well, in Queens to where you, uh, you well, 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 first, first it was, it started out with a bunch of us making cassette tapes in Johnny Quest's Sun Porch. <laughs> Sun Porch. It sounds funny to say that. I'm I'm eight. I'm showing y'all my age now. But uh, <laughs> you know, hey, when, yo, when listen, mom, you know me. I'm already up there. I'm already up there. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. So, so um, so when Johnny Quest's mom was at work and his pops was at work, we would it would be like twelve of us in his Sun Porch and. We was we would make these cassette tapes. We were the L.A. Right. Masters back then, and um and it was very competitive. Everybody you know wanted to get theirs, man. So, you know that's where it started battling in Johnny Quest's Sun Porch. Then I used to go to the house parties. Remember they used to have the house parties in the basement. Oh yeah, oh, you know yeah. the the last song you turn out the the lights out, but the last song come on, <laughs> then the lights come on, everybody gotta scatter. <laughs> so <laughs> you know. We was battling in the in the uh the house parties and then I finally went to a park jam. So we used to have this playground around the way called two thirty one. So Tate Master B and um um it was Tate Master B, Amazing D Wit, uh Rick G and all of them used to bring the equipment out and I got called out in, in two thirty one by by somebody that was basically running farmers, you know, on, on the hip hop side. And he kind of put my back to the wall. And, um, that was like my first public battle. I like it with a big crowd. And I got that first taste of blood then. And I was like a pit bull. <laughs> so that was like right. outside of Laurelton. Then I started going to like, you know, to Baisley Park. You know what I mean? I used to rock out with Mr. Cheeks and them and Baisley Park. I believe, uh, Kwame was out there once when when you know i got a little aggressive and then i started getting on the train me and johnny quest would take the train and i remember one time we went to corona we went with my boy vincent to go see his father he hadn't seen in a while uh -huh. so you know we drinking out we, we drinking our quarts of beer whatever and i got on my yo who's the best mc around here i got on that kick. <laughs> I, think you know I, know I, mean? I think so, i know where this one is going <laughs> yeah yeah so look homeboy was like yeah we, we 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 let you meet G. Let's see what you could do with G. 
he's like, who? Whoever, man, let's let's do it. <laughs> we went to we went to Coogee Rap's crib before he oh, was making records. Wow. Right. And and like we went to his crib and I remember we knocked on the door and the whole nine. He came out. Oh, I introduced myself, he introduced himself. And 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 we were actually I was a little sarcastic because he, he wasn't Coogee Rap. He introduced himself as Cool G. And remember, back then Cool J was running with us. I was like, Oh, sounds like Cool J. Now, mm, mind you, this right. is before we were making records. Right. You know what I mean? So, me and Cool G Rap engaged in a battle outside of his crib. Wow. And he says that I had the edge on him. I say it was a tie. Because skill sharpened skill, man. He yeah. definitely gave me a run. Right. You know, yeah. but I gave him a run. And I was the dude from outside of his hood, coming to his hood. And it was it was a mutual respect ever since, man. I think Coogee Rap is awesome lyrically, and um, he never lost that respect. I never lost that respect. So that was one of my my tightest battles. Wow, you know, outside of the neighborhood. Wow, wow. You know. that's crazy. But if you really you know, want to, re- huh? Yeah. Now I'm just saying, and the thing is, a lot of people say that Coogee Rap was was never really into battling. Like his um, his style was never. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like this is what I've heard whatever but i guess behind closed doors he had to get tested sometimes to be as good nah. as he is yeah know. because because especially when he spits you know it, it was like when and plus back then when we battled it wasn't really like i'm going at you like i'm i'm attacking your sisters right. and i'm a right. mom we were basically comparing notes like right. the stuff exactly. that you write and the stuff exactly. that i write which rhyme is better that's how yeah. we used to do it. Mm. So, right. And that's what I tell but, a lot of people that when you, people always say, well, Melly Mel this, Melly Mel. I'm like, Melly Mel never battled. Melly Mel only exactly. battled to see who could rap the longest kind of way. He never battled as far as talking about you. He would talk exactly. to the crowd. He, he would never enter talk to his opponent, you know. Yeah, but he, he Melly Mel definitely made that mistake one time and, and that was with me <laughs> oh yeah we're gonna get to that we know we got okay that okay yeah because that you, you 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 know if we're talking about outside of the neighborhood we can't leave the seminar out right exactly but, um, exactly yeah but you know outside of the neighborhood oh i remember another spot we used to battle all the time was at twelve twelve studios right up there um off of jamaica and Archer, right on Union Hall Street. It was a building with nothing but um, music rooms and studios, man. And I'm talking about Jam Master Jay had a studio up there. Uh, we had a studio up there. Jazzy Jay from the Jazzy Five had a studio up there. What's his name? Um, Split Star, Buster. All of them used to be in there, man. Uh, Onyx. So that that was another one of my stomping grounds, you know. Right. So, well, it, let me yeah, just tell you my, little, my, my quick story about Mikey D. Um, <laughs> well, we moved to Queens. We moved from Brooklyn, East New York, Brooklyn to Queens. And within maybe my first week out there, I was on Jamaica Avenue. And Jamaica Avenue is a place where they sell anything and everything, right? Like the ladies right. are here, um, the flyers, sneakers, whatever you want is over there. And everybody goes there every Saturday. I mean, it's packed every day, but on Saturdays, like super packed everybody who's everybody is out there just mingling shopping doing whatever so a little guy walks up to me asked for an autograph 
and he's like, what, what y'all doing out here? And I'm like, well, I don't know, we just moved out here not like maybe like two weeks ago. He was like, yo, if I was y'all, I'd stay away from, Mike, from Mikey D. And I said, <laughs> what? And he said, yo, he would murder y'all. I said, murder us in what? And I was like, murder y'all in, in rapping and battling. He said, y'all don't want no parts of Mikey D. So I'm getting this guy autograph while he's putting me down. I'm like, what the fuck? an autograph, get your So, as the time goes on, another dude started hanging out with my brother. He was from Brooklyn. He lived out in Queens. He started filling me on and on Mikey D. He's like, yo, Mikey D ain't no joke, man. Like, Mikey D is killing cats out here and battling. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, where is this guy? So, um, move fast forward. That's when I heard you on the radio one night, and I'm uh, I'm sitting in my room listening to you on the radio, and I heard like the rhyme you just said. I heard that song. I said, "Oh, so that's my CD." And I, I never met you until I just heard about you. I just kept kept hearing all these stories of a Mikey this this crazy battle rapper. And then I heard a song Magic played. Uh, Mr. Magic played one of your songs one night. And I remember the rhyme where he said, Quest will spin, the cuts get faster. I changed from a I rapper into a, a master. master. Yeah. 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 I can rhyme in Spanish, French and Italian. French and Italian, Spanish. Spanish. I was like, yeah. oh, this dude is nasty. You know? <laughs> I'm like, okay. I said, okay, so that's my QD. I said, all right, I, I got it. But, um, yeah, so it was just a, a testament to you how good you were at what you were doing at that time. And, and you wasn't oh, like, uh, uh, quote unquote, no disrespect, like a big rap star, but you was like right. the local cat that, you know, if a rap star get out of line, it's just like, yo, nobody here, I'm like, nah, you, you don't want to mess yeah. with that dude right now. Just stick to writing your songs and getting your money. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't want to get yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's dope. That's yeah, dope. man. Hey, man. Um, Salute. Man. Hey, yo. Uh, Anybody that's listening right now, you're listening to, to classics, you're listening to history, you're listening to the 360 University podcast. I'm your international homeboy, the incredible DJ 360. We got our, uh, our co-host. Who is my co-host, man? The legendary who? Cool Rock to the Skizzy. Kid, cool, cool Rock Skizzy, baby. He's in the house, and we got our special guest, the legendary MC Mikey D is in the place to be. We're going to go to yes, sir. Mike, man, Cool and Mike, man. We're going to go to um, a song break. And the song break that I want to tap into is around the time. We're going to kind of fast forward just a little bit to your time with the L.A. Okay. Posse, man. Um, uh, I Get Rough. This is the song that I heard yeah. with King with King Tech's King Tech had in the mix. Um, we're gonna talk, you know, we could talk about out of control and coming in the house, but there's something about I get rough that made me just play that song over and over and over and over again. Like the first line is just right crazy, right? So we're gonna go into that song, then we're gonna come back and talk to Mike about the energy, the creative process, the how he linked up with the L.A. Posse. We got him right here. MC Mikey D is on the line. 360 University is in full effect. We're going into it right now. Classic hip hop, I Get Rough by Mikey D. Let's go. Boy, this is the L.A. Posse in effect. You know what I'm saying? And we get rough. in 
Get Rough, one of my top 10 songs in hip-hop history. Mikey, man, tell us about what went into that song, the aggressiveness um, and the whole, you know, creative process that went into that particular song and and, and, and basically how you got with the L.A. Posse and, and put that project together. Okay, well, let's, let, let's clarify the L.A. Posse first. The L.A. Posse, there was, there's two different L.A. Posse. You have one L.A. Posse, which is from Los Angeles. These are the guys, um, Dwayne and, and Daryl, the ones that produced um, I'm Bad album, I believe it was. Right. Yeah, so you have those guys. And then you have Mikey D and the L.A. Posse. Our L.A. Posse stands for Lawton. Like, if you move, cool rock, you know, like in Lawton, everybody calls it L.A. You know what I mean? So I believe right. we were we were out first. You know what I mean? We was doing our stuff first. And originally, we were going to call ourselves Boom Bass because that was the name of the crew that we rocked out there. Yeah, right. yeah, back in, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But <laughs> the, the, um, our manager wouldn't allow us to use the Boom Bass title because of the Boom Bass activity in the streets. You know, it, was, right. it wasn't a gang, but it was a bunch of big, Dudes that was protecting the neighborhood, and they just happened to be supreme all the time. Yeah, Pitbull Supreme. Yeah, exactly. They they were like I was like the 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 voice, the the the, the rapper for Boom Bass because I was little. These dudes was like security for me. You know what I mean? So, but right. so they wouldn't allow us to use that. So we was like, okay, let's do L.A. Posse because everybody knows Lawrence and L.A. and everybody knows Posse is the crew. So that's how we came with that name but then okay. we had gotten into uh I, I guess it was a lawsuit with the la posse after they came out and sleeping bag records who we were signed with at the time of course they didn't have the power to go against step jam which was with columbia at the time 
You know what I mean? So money differences and stuff like that, you know, they wanted us to drop our name so they didn't have to go through this lawsuit. So that's just that's right. the difference between gotcha. us. There's no beef or anything like that, but that's that's how that works. I just wanted to clarify that it was two different okay. LA posses. Now the energy on And I and I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest not to cut you off, but I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know that story, so I'm I'm automatically assuming that this is um LA posse that, you know, DJ Bobcat and all them cats from LA mm-hmm. um was down with. So I appreciate you clarifying that so I can get, you know, so that now that's more accurate to me, knowing that this is a Laurelton uh, Queens crew. Right. Right. Okay. And, gotcha. um, but yeah, there was a, there was a lot of, lot of stuff going on with that because, you know, it was just, it was just a weird time. But, um, as far as the energy on, I get rough. Like I said, I was a, a battle rapper. I didn't, I wasn't really into making records, making records. I right. always wanted to just get my point across as that battle rapper. So I would always go for the throat. And um, right. so unfold your arms and tie your Adidas. Automatically, automatically know who I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, right. you know what I'm saying. But you know, in a fun, yeah. in a fun battle way, because I'm, I'm saying right. I'm coming from Queens and I'm the king of Queens. So that's what that was about. You know, um, I was getting a lot off my chest, and I was also a little angry at the time because the streets put a battery in my back because prior to that record, you got to remember. Forget Oreos, eat Cool J cookies. That oh. that 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 kind of hit the streets like, yo, he bit Mikey D's, Mikey D's, because I used to say I am imperial, pro material. Kids all over eat Mikey D's cereal, and that was like a street legendary rhyme. And then when Cool right. J came out right. with that, it was like, you know, the streets was like, yo, he bit Mikey D's thing. Um, he did, he did, but let me clarify that as well. At that time, I was in a space where, like I said, I wanted to be in the street. Cool J wanted to be in the street. Cool J, where he is right now is where Cool J has always worked hard to be. He would do anything to get to where he needed to be. I wasn't that type of dude because I didn't want it that bad. Now, right. as far as the, 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 the uh, Cool J cookies... Me and L used to hang together so tough, and we were always like, yo, we'll tear anybody up. There's two of us? Oh, man. Of course he's going to write a rhyme to match mine. And I knew he had right. a rhyme. He just happened to come out with it on records first. So when he came right. out with it on records, it was like, you know, the people putting that battery in my back like he did, and my dumb behind is going for the okie doke. You know what I'm saying? So I was basically barking up the wrong tree. So that's what that was about, you know. And um, mm. but because you knew, because you knew it was, you know, you you guys were somewhat <laughs> partners in the rhyme, you know what I'm saying? And then because you knew that you guys were so close at the time, <clears throat> hanging so tough, he he probably had some of the style that you had. And you guys kind of fed off each and, other, and that's and then that's that's yeah. that's exactly it. Because the first time I met L and we compared notes the same way Cool G Rap and I did, we compared notes, right. and what 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 drew me to um L was. His his growl, his his cadence, everything was it was almost identical to me. Like you know right. what I'm saying? And I'm like, damn, I'm rhyming against this dude, and it's like I'm hearing myself. So I thought it would be dope if we, you know, me and him do some stuff together. But I was thinking on a street level, like I'm thinking battle ciphers, and I'm thinking about going to the parks, and you know, I'm thinking about that. 
else thinking about yeah. you know he he wants to he wants to do other things so i always tell people that cool j the difference between us is if we both had two dollars in our pocket he would take his two dollars get on that bus or that train and get get somewhere musically whether it be to a, a studio whether it be to a, not go right. to the record label store me i would take that two dollars and i would walk right up there to pop and kim's Get me a cold 40 ounce and face down forever. See, that was the difference between us, man. Right, you know, right. But um, much love to LL Cool J, man. I just had to clarify that. Right. Well, it, but um, it, it's, it's yeah. not, I understand what you're saying, and it, I always look at it like this: a lot of things, you know, every everybody has a path in life. Everybody has a, a blessing. Where they where 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 they have to be at. You understand what I'm saying? Like so, whatever was meant for him, it's meant for him. Whatever is yeah. Well, because we have we had a lot of people down with us. We had like a five man crew, a DJ right. and a beatbox. Just so happened, right. four of the DJ and and the three other rappers never showed up to practice. So we had right. to go on without them. So exactly. like later on down the road, they were like, "Yo, we were supposed to be down with you, but you never came to practice. You got like you, you didn't never want to be down exactly. with exactly. You right. So we right. had to do what we exactly. had to do. You understand what I'm saying? So um, exactly. And at the same time, it was meant for us. Maybe it was just meant for for three people. Maybe it wasn't meant right. for seven people. So it, it, right. You got to look at it that way sometimes in life. But um, at the same time, you can. Go to Cool J right now and ask him who inspired you. And he would, I, I guarantee you, he will say your name. You understand? Oh, right. so, yeah, 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 yeah. He 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 definitely acknowledges that. And and likewise, you know, even now he still inspires me, man. It's like you know, right. So that that's that's a given right there. He always you know shows that respect. And like I said, likewise. Yeah. So, so being that you're a battle rapper by nature, man, yeah. um, do you do you check out a, do you check out any of the uh, the URL like the, <laughs> the street battles that they be getting into, man? Yeah, I, I, I think this. I think they're pretty dope. Yeah, I, lo- I love it. Honestly, I, I mean, it it, it just re- it, it kind of reminds me of a, a um, aggressive spoken word the way they do it. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they're, they're not yeah. rhyming off of a beat and all of that. I come from that era where beat or beatbox or somebody banging on the on the lunchroom table. I needed some type of tempo, but these dudes, I love what they're doing. To be honest with you, man, I, I love what these dudes is doing. Yeah, like, I like, good, I like good, uh, uh, yeah, good is dope. Loaded Lux is just man. Loaded Lux is the animal, man. He's ridiculous. Oh, I think that yeah. dude take. I think he'll take Eminem out. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, he's pushing for that battle for, too. I don't definitely. know if Eminem would take yeah. that battle. Yeah, yo, man, Lux, Lux is dope, man. Because somebody asked me recently, who do I think could could f with um, Eminem, and I definitely put Loaded Lux in that equation. Yeah. I would say definitely. Lux. I would say Mook because Mook wanted that battle really bad. Um, yeah, you know, Mook um, wanted he wanted Eminem or did he want Drake? He wanted Drake, but now he's pushing. He, he's kind of you see him on the like little interviews here and there. He's calling out Eminem's name. Uh, oh, okay, because Drake put some money behind it. I think he put some money behind the URL to to take it to a whole nother level. Um, yeah, it was, it's it's the right, right. And it, it started losing a little steam. I even started backing away from it because there was too much of the gunplay going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's no creativity yeah. in that. Right, right, right. Right. 
Right. And but now they're starting to yeah, get back man. on track with the lyrics. I'm starting to like you know check out some of the battles again. Yeah, the, the schemes and all of that is dope. It's, it's like a it's like a real boxing or wrestling match, man. That yeah, the, the hype, the anticipation, the the energy is just dope, man. I wish I could go back in time and start over again and be in that era, man. I love to be oh, in that era. Yeah, you, you, man. They will be laying down. It will be like. Like dominoes, the MCs would be just getting knocked over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking, of, speaking of, of battle rap, I want to talk about yeah. the new music yeah. seminar. What happened, yeah. how it happened, and what was the, the outcome after that? Well, the new music seminar was, I actually just got signed to Sleeping Bag Records. Uh, we had, and, and this is a funny thing. You said you liked the record, I Get Rough. Do you remember in the last verse? Now, mind you, I Get Rough came out in 1987. I said right. in the last verse, I don't wear a lot of gold and I don't drive a car. My muscles ain't large, but my pockets are. People see me on the street and treat me just like a star. I don't even have to practice for the seminar. Now, that was 87. Wow. They, they entered right. me into the seminar in 88. And they right. did this spur of the moment because the way that I got to sign to Sleeping Bag was through Mantronics. Mantronics heard of me through somebody else, and they said he's a battle rapper. And at the time, he was looking for you know another MC. Right. So originally, when I got with Sleeping Bag, I was supposed to be Mantronics artist, but I had Paul C with me at the time. I couldn't leave okay. Paul C and Johnny Quest. I had my own producer. We we, we was the team. So. Right. Anyway, we, we got around that, and um, that's when we did Out of Control and Coming in the House. But because they signed me, knowing that I had that battle rap reputation, they entered me into the seminar. They didn't ask me for my consent or anything. They just assumed that I would, you know, I would do this. So, of course, you know, I was with it. And uh, right. so the, the, the first round, you had to, 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 to battle somebody to be, to be, you have to do the preliminary challenge to actually get into the big seminar. Seminar. So my right. preliminary battle was with a brother from Queens, actually, Mr. X. He had that record. You know, I drink old gold. Right, right. <laughs> my favorite right. drink at the time too. But uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, <laughs> we battled, and and you know, I moved on to go to the next round, which was the next day, and that's when everything right. else you know, jumped off. So I had to battle at least, it had to be at least 12, maybe 12, 13 rappers because you get two rounds a piece, you know, a minute, and then they had the judges. I remember MC Search was in this battle. Um, King of Sun was yeah. in this battle. Yeah. Um, you had a dude named Bango from Cleveland, which was, he was dope too. And there were several other rappers that I had to go against. Long right. story short, I won the overall competition. They, they, they labeled me 1988 winner of the New Music Seminar. Now, Melly Mel had won the year prior. So what right. they wanted us to do was they wanted to have like a demonstration with last year's champion rapping with this year's champion. So we were supposed to showcase together, you know, but Melly Mel, I don't know what it was, man, but he got on some real cocky stuff. And what was sad about it to me is Grandmaster Kaz was with him. Like, he's just like, you know, this is my idol right here. And, and this is right. 
somebody alleging that I, I respect, and they coming at me like, you know, like that. So I'm, you know, I'm right. like, oh man, this is crazy. Now, mind you, I already had three things against me. One, I was from Queens. You know what I mean? And, and these are right. Bronx cats and all of that. Two, I was from the new school. You know what I'm saying? I was a new artist compared to them. Right. They were veterans. Right. I'm from the new school. Three, I was a skinny, pretty boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I like that. Right. Ain't no right. way he's supposed to, I guess I was supposed to be rough looking and stuff like that. But long story short, Melly Mel told everybody that I wasn't a real champion. He said if I was a real champion, I'll battle him for the belt. And he said, winner takes both belts. And I'm wow. like, nah, I'm not doing that. I just won this belt. I'm taking this back home. I want to show this off. Like, crowd is like, go Mikey, go Mikey, go Mikey. He threw his belt down. Once they started amping me up, I looked at him. I looked at my belt. Looked at him again. Looked at his belt. And I slammed my belt <laughs> on top of his. Like, let's get it. Again, <laughs> mind you, I didn't hold no punches, man. But he, he went first, I think. Because all I remember him saying was, it, it was a rhyme where, you know, it was a preachy type of rhyme. He was nice, too. This is Nelly Bell. But right. all I remember was the shit that, excuse my language, the thing that lit that spark and fire in me was when right. he said, I could smell his cum all over my girl's breath. When he wow. said that, I said, okay, that, that, was, that was a shot in the air. I'm going to take him out. So right. when, it was my, wow. when it was my turn to run, he started doing push-ups. I'm like, uh, forget the beat. Typical Melly I'm gonna rhyme. Uh, Yeah, I said, forget the beat. <laughs> I'm going to rhyme off of his push-ups or something like that. And right. I started going a cappella as he's doing push-ups, and I'm dancing him. <laughs> and the, the, crowd, the crowd went crazy. And then we had to go another round. At, you know, when he spit his second round, people didn't really want to hear it because nobody right. would hear him preach. In a, in a battle, I was going for blood, man. This is a battle. This is not, right. you know, we're not comparing notes. We battling now. So I dissed him again in the second round, and the crowd was like, I won. But at the same time as this was going on, Grandmaster Cash was picking both belts up, and, and they were walking off. I'm still around. Ah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And uh, so that's how that happened. You know, I went to the belt. He pushed me. Uh, Big Daddy Kane tried to stop him. He pushed Kane out the way. Kane was standing at the steps. Will Smith and Moni Love was there. You know what I mean? He pushed Jackie Paul, the lady. And then uh, So Melly Mel did the pushing or was it Cash doing the pushing? Nah, it was Melly Mel, man. They stormed out of there wow. together with both of the belts, like made complete fools wow. out of themselves. I was I was wow. behind that, man. But then yeah, uh, yeah. Tom Tom Silverman, who was in charge of the seminar, said, you know what? We're going to make Mikey D a brand new belt, blah, blah, blah. You know, and the crowd went crazy. And guess what? Two weeks later, that new music seminar belt was hanging up and popping Kim's, man. Why buy my 40s from? I remember that. So, I remember that. Wow. I remember that. You know what I mean? Wow. So that, I remember the time where everybody was telling me what happened. And I wasn't there that year. And they was telling right. me what happened. And they said, yo, Mikey D destroyed Melly Mel. And yeah, they talking about the altercation and everything that was happening. And I was I was in shock at first, but at the same time I was like, you know what? I can believe that because dude dude he, he's a, a dope ass battle rapper. 
and Melly Mel always. Those guys, one thing about that school, that was the first school before us, before us yes. and Run DMC and Houdini and all of us. Yes. That school that came before us was a lot of arrogance. And I, and I, yes. I, I, got, I got high respect for those guys. I love those guys to death for what they did to, in hip hop. The road they paved for the second school, and, and you know, and and you know everything they laid out for us, the the whole um, platform they laid out for us. But a lot of those guys rubbed me, rubbed me and Marky D, and a lot of us the wrong way for the way they acted, the egos they yeah. had. Um, yeah, Melly Mel was cool. Melly, on our first album, Melly Mel was always coming into the studio, and everybody's dropping by the studio in the first album. Russell Simmons, all kinds of people dropping by. Melly Mel would drop by, he would give us encouragement. You know, he's cool, but a lot of those guys, you know, Flash was cool. A lot of those guys are real assholes, you know. And, and like I said, yeah. I got respect for them. I'm just going to call it what it is at that time right, the way right. they were acting. And um, so I couldn't believe the way Mel was acting because he didn't act that way with us, but a lot of his people in his circle was acting like they was holier than thou, like he couldn't get near. I'll give right, you a right. story before I get back to, to the whole music seminar thing. Yes. Uh, me and Mark me and Mark went up to Scorpio and um the other the other guy who who's, who's in prison now, um I hope he's okay. Um Kid Creole. And we Kid went up Creole, yeah. and we went up to him just to say what's up. You know, we won the contest and everything. We didn't have our first thing. We had a first single out but they didn't do nothing. So we wasn't really popping or nothing. So we were like, you know, you know, th- these guys are the guys we looked up to. This is why, you know, we got into rapping. So we was at the Roxy one night. We go up to him just to say, what's up? And say, yo, you know, introduce ourselves. And uh, we won the contest like last year. And, you know, it's just a pleasure to meet you and all this stuff. And they gave us the, you are the peasants kind of look. Like they looked us up and down mm-hmm. and just brushed us off. And mm-hmm. I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, we step our game up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but it was, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it left a real bad impression on us because we, we're young cats and looking up to these guys and, you know, we're yeah, the yeah. field of music is them. And it was like, damn, you know, wow. You know, we felt like, you know, our, our, our tail was tucked between our legs and just walking away like, you know, the dejected, you know, rejected little little kids and shit. And, and it wasn't yeah. a good feeling yeah. sort of like that. So, so I got to understand how, how, how that can happen with you. You know, yeah, that's how I felt, and I'm gonna tell you, this is one night that I am so happy Boom Bash wasn't with me. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was. Oh, cool. yo, I'm just oh, so wow. thankful for that because you know, I mean, yeah. there were a lot of people that wanted to, you know, they claimed they wanted to make moves. I mean, Daddy O and his crew, they was ready to move, and I was like, nah, because you know, at the end of the day, it's gonna reflect on me. So, you know, right. just let it be. It's just a learning lesson. And, you know, I'm just glad nothing happened because now everything is, is cool. You know, I've still got much respect for Melly Mel. And, you know, I'm just glad it turned out the way that it did right. without the drama, wow. you know. Yeah. And, and that's and that's pretty much like a testament of what we want to happen in hip-hop now. You right. know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, lately a lot of in hip-hop, man, and I don't know if I can just call it hip-hop, but just the younger generation of um, the kids that are that are on these social media sites and you know just talking reckless and t- Twitter fingers and all this stuff yeah. that's going on and they end up dead before the age of twenty five. You know, what yeah, I'm saying? Right. I thought that was over when 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 we lost Big and Pac. You know, at that time they were young. They were 
what, 25 or around that age. And these kids are dying at 20, man. Like, rest in peace to Pop Smoke and um, um, Triple X. Yeah. They, they, you know, 20 years old, 21. And that's too young, you know. Absolutely. The pistol play. So shout out to the OGs, man, who settled it. Right. Who were able to have so-called rap beef or whatever and, and still around today to talk about it. Right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. The Busy Bees and the Cool Mo Ds yeah. and the – the um the LLs and the, yep. the the cool modis and the MC Shan and then the whole BDP everybody's still around to tell the stories you know yeah, well, yeah. Pop and, um, battle a rap battle is settled when one opponent gets the better of the other opponent they shake hands and they go their separate yeah. ways and say hey I got respect for you and, and good battle a rap battle nowadays doesn't is not consistent of that it, it, it's consistent of two people going at one another and they saying some stuff about killing your whole family, kill you, kill your baby mama. Uh, I, I fucked your baby mama the other night. And it, it's not even battle yeah, no more. It's yeah. just street talk. And no. street talk leads to violence. And these guys don't yeah. know how to separate uh, a real hip-hop battle from uh, just a, a regular street talk battle. A street talk battle is something that leads to a fight. Hip-hop battle doesn't lead to that. Rap battle doesn't lead to that. Rap battle was like, damn, he got the best of me. I got to go home and, and brush and, and brush my skills up, you know, get better. You know, these guys now, right. they don't know. Right. They don't know about the origins of hip hop. They don't know where it came from. They don't know. They don't know about cats like Mike, Mikey D. Right. And then, you know, <laughs> you got, you got like, like some of these cats also, cause nine times out of 10, it's not even the, 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 the dude that's battling that does the damage. It's the dude right. that, these dudes was rapping about what their man does. You know what I mean? Right. So all of those right. times, yeah. the real dude is standing right next to him or he's in that crowd. Right. You know what I mean? And those yeah. are the ones that's doing the work. You know what I mean? And right. it's, you know, they don't look at it as um, competition. They look at it as beef, man. Yeah. That's corny. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yo, this is the 360 University Podcast. We right here. It's a legendary episode. I'm your international homeboy, the incredible DJ 360, along with my co-host. Cool Rock Ski and the place to be. <laughs> and we online. We online, man. We got a legend. We got another deadly beast of an MC on the line with us today. And it's MC Mikey D, straight out of Queens, man. Yes, um, you guys, make sure. Yeah, Mikey, you still with us, yeah. man? You still in the house I'm with right us? here, man. Yeah, man. Um... Everybody that's out there listening, if you if you missed the first part of it, rewind, share with your family members, share with your homeboys and your homegirls, your partners. Let them know that the 360 University podcast is on a rise. Um, you can find us everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, uh, Spotify. You, the, the list goes on and on. Just look up 360 University podcast and 360 University one on the social media sites and we will be right there in your area in the, in your headphones beating up your air matter of fact cool man i seen that we we make a noise out in japan and in um parts of india man uh when i check the analytics uh, so hey listen, all over the place japan place. Some, some, some parts of japan represent hip-hop damn near better than america oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you see b-boys got their hats to the oh, side with, with with uh what you call it um uh, uh, all the glitter and, and the rhinestones and standing in the b-boy stands and break dancing. Yeah, Japan, I think they they got the culture out there, man. Word. For sure. Hey, Mike, let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah. How did the the whole main source thing happen? How did you find oh. the main source and did they reach out to you? 
The main source thing was uh, actually after, you know, God rest Paul C. So when he got murdered in 89, you know, I I just got fed up with the whole hip hop thing and everything. So I took a break. I went down to Miami and chilled out for like a year or two. And then I came back. So when I came back, I was hanging out with this brother named Mike Beasley. Mike Beasley has a cousin. And um, he owned a company called Hush Production. <clears throat> it was okay. in uh, Manhattan. Melba Moore's husband is is okay. Oh, right. yeah, that's 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 um Mike Beasley's cousin. So we used to hang out up at Hush Production all the time. And there was one time that I was um downstairs. They had a piano down there, and somebody was playing a beat on the piano, and I was just freestyling. I was just going off, and the singer Jeff Red had came through. So Jeff Red was like, yo, you kind of dope, blah, blah, blah. And we started talking or whatever. And this is the time that I, I didn't really know that uh, Main Source broke up or anything like that because I wasn't right. really in the loop. And um, he told me that he knew a group that needed a rapper. He said, the already established group. I'm going to give you this address. Here's the number to call tomorrow. I want you to meet with these, these dudes. I'm not going to tell you who they are. I was like, all right, cool. So the next day, me and Mike Beasley, we went out there, and uh, we were somewhere in Flushing, actually. We went to Tammy Weems' house, and okay. Sir Scratch opened the door. And I was like, damn, he looked familiar. He looked mad familiar. So whatever. Um, once I saw K-Cut, then I, I knew what it was. I was like, okay, he's the main source dude. And right. um, so they, they, they gave me a little audition and wanted me to rhyme or whatever. So I'm just rhyming, and that was that. You know, okay. we, you know, we got cool, and then they they brought me out to Canada because they were living in Canada at the time. They um, I never signed to Wild Pitch. I wound up signing to Main Sources Production or whatever. I I never got to sign to Wild Pitch, but we did an album because they had a deadline for the second album to come out. And um, right. so I was down in Canada for about two months recording this album. Now, mind you, they. Took me out of my element, man. I'm down there where people say good morning, they smile, you know, they greet you with a <laughs> smile, and there's no, no, like no old English. Yeah, yeah, no old English out there. You know, everybody's so friendly, no mean mugs. So I couldn't get in my zone. And then, you know, one of the brothers, Sir Scratch, was always over my shoulder, like telling me when to write and what to write. I can't, I can't do that because it's. It's right. fake to me. Like, this is not how I'm feeling right now. So we did about eight songs, and we presented them to Wild Pitch. Wild Pitch was like, nah, nah. This, this ain't it. It's, it's, you know, where's Mikey's, you know, where's his aggression? And then right. um, they brought us, they brought me back home, and we started uh, recording in Platinum Island Studios. And now, now the growl came back, because now I got my people around me, you know, the beats is just mm. feeling different. The whole vibe was different. And that's that's how we did the uh, the F What You Think album. And in the okay. beginning, you know, these guys wanted me to get at Large Pro, but, you know, that's not my beef. And I'm not I'm not with that. Let's, let's just make records. You know, right. even on that particular album, that's when Jada Kiss and Sheik, they first came out on one of our songs on that album, which was uh, Set It On. Yeah, if you if you listen wow. to Main Source, F what you think, set it off. Yeah, Jada Kiss and Sheik was on there. Even Cool G Raps, ex-wife, Ma Barker was on there with us as well. 
Wow. And my, bro- and my brother Lotto. Oh, wow. So that's how that happened. And unfortunately, Wild Pitch never put that album out officially because there was animosity between the label and the management and then the right. group and a, a bunch of other things. Man, the only thing that I their got out of that was, was their manager, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Sandra McKenzie was the manager. So she had, you know, some, some things going on with Stu Fine and, you know, I, I think she wanted to take the album to another label and all types of madness. And I just got caught up in the middle of it. And right. that was that. You know, the only thing I got out of that was uh, Soul Train, which was a great experience. I was ready to say, I seen you guys wow. on Soul Train. I was like, oh, okay. You know, that's yeah. a good look. You know? Yeah, yeah, we did a promotional run. And Search was the uh, he was the road manager, and even then, at the same time, he was road managing us and taking us out to Cali. He was promoting Nas more than he was promoting us, and you know, it was just it was a mess at that time, man. But right, you know, stuff happens, wow. man, and it, it's just another. So I, I, I take it, Large Professor, who was the uh, original um, MC for. Um, legendary large professor, the original MC yes. for he he left the group because there was some well he wanted to go solo or he just just left the group because it, there were too many problems. He I think he left the group because of managerial reasons as well. I okay. think um I think it was like he was like a third wheel and of course you know I, I think he felt that. You know, she's looking out for her children and not me. Why? Yeah, exactly. Driving exactly. Around. You know what I'm saying? And I think right. he also had some professional in his ear. So he kind of saw through all of the drama and he got away from it. That's that's basically right. what happened. You know, so. Wow. You know, much love to Lodge Pro. But everybody's cool now, man. So, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. So if we if we fast forward just a little bit to um like what Mikey D was doing through the '90s through the, the the first decade of the 2000s into now like what what are some things that that you that you um occupied yourself with or um or or you know um you know projects you may have done and you know just to give us an idea of what you're doing now. Well, with me, it's like it's like. It's like riding a bike. Sometimes you, 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 you don't want to ride the bike for a while, but when you jump back on, you never right. forget how to ride that bike. So it's like you never left. Me, yeah. It's like it takes certain um, certain things to happen or, or for me to see certain things to inspire me again. So right. th- that inspiration has been scattered through the years. And um, the, my main focus was getting sober. You know what I mean? Because I was drinking a lot of beer. I didn't drink alcohol and I yeah. wasn't abusing drugs or anything, but I was drinking a lot of beer. And that was like really blocking my focus. You know what I mean? So right. once I right. moved out of Queens, I moved upstate into uh, Wappinger Falls. You know what I mean? And um, fresh air, new life, you know, new woman that supports me like, 1,000%. That's when I got the focus back. So... Um, you know, I, I, I um, came across some, some money from <laughs> from work. You know, they owed me some retro pay. So I invested right. in some, some studio equipment and I started recording from home. Mm-hmm. And the internet was a blessing because I was getting beats from all over the world, from different right. producers and stuff. And I was um, yeah. basically writing to the stuff and, and putting stuff out 
independent. I work with a, a, a distribution company called Redline Music with my man Jameson Grillo. So we put a couple of projects out on that. And um, right. actually, right now, I'm getting ready to come with another album. We're looking at May. It's called Mikey D, The Apex. Um, we're going to have limited edition finals and I'm going to do it digitally but this time I'm probably going to do it with Who Mag distribution um, right. just just Thursday I had a project that I did back in 96 or 90 95, 96 right after the main source split and these eight songs never came out they were lost in the vault the studio shut down and everything and just recently my boy Trouble got a hold of those real reels and he digitized everything. So we just dropped the album on Spotify, which is called Drama Side. Um, so okay. that's out. These are recordings okay. that were lost in the vault. Um, and, okay. and and that's it, man. I'm just, you know me, I'm just moving around. Man. But now my main, my main objective is to give my platform to up-and-coming artists, man, because I want right. to see these younger cats shine, and I don't want to see them go through the same things that I went through, and if I can, you know, help them or be a stepping stone for the, to, to get to a greater level, I want to be that right. dude. So I'm going to start this, this thing called The Stage. I'm going to start it on my social media platforms, and, you know, each day I'm going to give somebody the stage and let them show their um, their talent, and, you know, that's you know that's just what I'm doing, man. That's about it. If anybody wanted to get in contact with you and tap into your social media so that if they do want to participate in the stage, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, how can they uh, find Mikey yeah, D on yeah. social media? Oh, yeah, they can, exactly. um, I'm, I'm the real Mikey D. The real underscore Mikey D on everything. Um, off, off, except for Facebook. Facebook, you can catch me as Michael Deering or I have a Mikey D page on there as well. But on right. Instagram, Twitter, and other stuff like that, it's, it's the real underscore Mikey D. Okay. Dope. Yeah. Yeah, man. So it's, it's, it's definitely been an honor and a pleasure, man, to have you drop by and give us all this great, um, these great stories and your take on what's going on with hip-hop and your experiences. And you and Cool Rock got some history, you yes, know what I mean? Absolutely. And Cool got his story. Man, that, that was dope. The, the chemistry that y'all have... Um, um, and, and, you know, just hearing about how you, you were able to battle these guys and you're still able to, and that's the one thing that I, that I really took out of this is that, um, hip hop is, is, a it's like a sport. You got your team or you and you're the main player right. against the other team or their main players. And at the end of the game, if you see, you know, good sportsmanship, you give a high five or you dap them up, you know, give them a pound or something. And then you wait to the next game and you go play them again or battle them again. Right. Um, so my takeaway is that, you know, like that scene in Friday where Craig pulls the gun out. He's about to go avenge the death of Ricky and his dad stops. Not Ricky. I got boys in the hood in Friday. All this <laughs> um, John Yeah. Yeah. Debo, man. I'm tripping. But rest in peace to Pops. Um, but Q takes out the gun like he wants to go you know, give, uh, give Debo the business, you know, and, but pop says, you know, you know, when we was young, we used these and he pulled out his fist and he said, you live to fight another day. So yeah. that's what I hope hip hop gets back to, you know what I'm saying? To where, um, you can have a conflict and it ain't really no conflict or street beef. If it's battle and if it's MC battles, y'all just go ahead. Let's take it back to the, to the ciphers in the ni early nineties, you know, when they had the backpacks on and you got the beat going, everybody's just, bouncing in and out the, out the side for giving they, right. they take on this hip-hop thing and spitting those rhymes um, and put the guns down, you know what I'm saying? Because that's so final. Death is it. That's it. You don't come back from that. 
You don't, you're not the flyest dude in your group because you get popped and you got a gold casket and you, and there's a thousand people at your funeral. That ain't fly. Right. You know what I'm saying? Cause you want to be able, you want to be able to, you know, continue life. Cause not only did pop smoke pass away, let me just use him. Not only did hip hop lose or rap lose a, a, an MC or a rapper, but his mom lost his son. His brothers and sisters lost a brother. He's a nephew. He's a father. I'm assuming he's a father. I don't know if he had kids, but there's so many other people that are affected by, you know, some people that make split um, decisions out of anger and whatnot. Right. So shout out to you, um, Cool Rockski, my co-host, and yeah. also our special guest today, uh, Mikey D. For, for, for me, being a hip-hop fan, I want to say thank you to both of you because I listened to both of y'all when I was a kid. Man, I'm a, I'm a young kid. Now I'm an adult. And you guys are still here, and I'm on the phone with you. It's just an awesome experience for me. So thank you for that. Now I was gonna say it was a pleasure, and thanks, thanks, thanks for having me, bro. I'm, I'm excited. I'm on here with Cool Rock. Hey, let me exactly. ask you this though: You saying that um, it's something that motivates you as far as you still doing your thing? Is it sometimes that you hear a beat? Because sometimes I can hear a beat. And with with like uh, a, a, a nice baseline to it, or a good a good whatever to it, and it gets me in the mood to just to write a song or whatever. I'm like, damn, I could write, yeah. I could write something to this. But then the feeling yeah. goes away as soon as I get down to maybe like fourteen, fourteen bars. It's like it starts leaving. It starts leaving again. I'm like, ah, you know, it, 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 it was there for a minute, but then again, yeah, yeah, it goes away as soon as it comes. You know what I mean? So. Right. For you, it was the same way. Like you hear a hot beat, and you start writing something. That it's, it's definitely, it's definitely beats. Because I, when when I used to write, I used to just write um, without music, and I used to write rhymes that could fit any beat. Because I felt, you know, I could spit over anything, but it just right. didn't match up. Now I find myself, uh, you know, um, customizing the lyrics around the music. But I right. get most of my motivation and inspiration from some of these newer artists. Like there's a brother named R.J. Payne. I listen okay. to him all the time, and he inspires the hell out of me. Um, I got a brother in my camp, Legacy. He inspires the hell out of me. And I just did a cipher with, uh, it's called the 845 uh, MPV cipher. And this is with a bunch of younger artists from here upstate. And right. each one of them inspire me too. So I don't try to like sound like them, but they right. keep me motivated to be a right. better me. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's that's what it is. I get my motivation right. from other artists, and then the music always talks to me. Because it's that one flow that everybody's using now. I think it's the Migo started it or something. Somebody said the Migo started that flow, and it's that one particular flow everybody's using. And when you start writing, the first thing you say to yourself is, I'm not using that flow. But then you right. say, I don't have to use that flow. Why would I why do I have to change? So that gets you discouraged kinda like. Well for me it does. It gets me kind of discouraged. Right. Like I'm not using that flow so nobody wants to nobody wants to hear this kind of flow that I'm using because I'm not doing this kind of flow that everybody's using. You know. Right. And, yeah. And even J D is using that flow, you know? Yeah, I tr I try to outdo myself. That's, that's right. all that is. Because sometimes I, I'll take a break from even listening to my favorite inspirations and I'll just fall back and I'll fall into a track and I'll just write. And then it, it, it just comes out wonderful. Like this new stuff that I have, the Apex, man, because it's like I'm at the top of, of 
the Mikey D thing. You know what I mean? It's like, right. I believe this is going to be the last album as Mikey D. The next album I drop is going to be as Michael Deering. Because everybody knows everything about Mikey D, but they didn't get to know Michael Deering. That's who right. they need to get to know. So that's going to be like a real, you know, a, a, this is going to be one of those albums that I'm going to show y'all that I can make hits and not just battle raps. You know what I mean? Right. So that's, right. that's what I'm going to do. But the Apex, man, when you hear the rhymes, oh, my God, it's like me battling myself, like outdoing myself. Oh, y'all are going to be like, whoa. And what we also did with the Apex is we have some actual audio from the park jams when I used to rock in the parks. So we're giving wow. you that and we're giving you new material. So you, you, you see the whole evolution of Mikey D from the beginning so to now. So. You know, so it's gonna be crazy. And then I'm I'm working on this one joint for for when I finish it that's gonna introduce Michael Deering. It's Mikey D versus Michael Deering. So it's wow. it's me battling myself and you're gonna hear different cadences, you're gonna hear different attitudes it's but it's all me so after i'm finished with this album i'm gonna be michael deering but mikey d is gonna be that 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 inner me you know what i'm saying yes well see that's what i like to hear from artists classic hip-hop artists they still got that hunger you still got oh, that absolutely. Hunger. like they're not reaching for no platinum status no double platinum no. you just got that hunger to keep doing it yeah. you understand what i'm saying and it doesn't have to always be about selling a, a, a million, two million, three. It's just that you, you, you're you doing it because this is what you love to do. This is what you've been doing for the longest. And exactly. I feel like, like hip-hop raised me. Now I want right. hip-hop to be proud of the man that it raised. That's what right. it is. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. And y'all have heard it here. Exclusive interview with the legendary Mikey D along with 360 and Cool Rock right here on the 360 University Podcast. And if y'all want, and, and Mike, you, you say um, you the, the project Dramaside, where can they find that? Dramaside is on all digital outlets, man. Actually, okay. what they could do is they could go on any digital outlet, type in my name, Mikey D. Um, everything should come up, especially on Spotify. But um, there's an album out there called Day of Destruction. That's when I use Mikey D. Destruction, but that album is pretty dope, too. Okay. So, yeah, just, just type my name in on Spotify and everything will pop up. Yeah, that's real. And yeah, check out Mikey D's his his um his catalog of inf his uh, music and everything he has going on. Be looking out for the new album, um, Apex, and then coming after that, Mikey D versus Michael Deering. So y'all got some stuff that you got to you know there's some homework that uh, that you got to do out there uh, for the university. You know what I'm saying over the next couple months um, to make sure you stay in, tapped in with the legendary Mikey D. Yes, and this is how we gonna wrap it up, yo. Before we go out, I want to play on the outro. I want to play number one draft pick, Ooh. man. Tell uh, mm. tell us about number one draft pick, and then um, then we'll 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 close out this lesson. Number one draft pick is um was inspired by my man Supreme, my man Algier. These dudes is from Rosedale, Queens. They, you know, I live uh, in Rosedale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> what's yup? I remember right there on Hook Creek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You had the big White House. I remember the Q5. Yeah. your house. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah. So Supreme has a, a a um a clothing line, urban clothing line, 
Like, the gear is just dope, man. It's called number one draft pick. I feel like I'm a number one draft pick when it comes to this hip-hop. These dudes have been my boys since we were young, you know, and it was only right to do something representing number one draft pick as an artist and as the gear, and that's the collaborative thing right there. So, number one draft pick, you're about to hear that, man. Check it out. Wow, there it is. You heard it from you heard it from Mikey D himself. This is your international homeboy, the incredible DJ three sixty along with Cool Bob Ski and the place to be, baby. <laughs> yes, yes, y'all. Lesson thirteen is in the bag. Thank you, Mikey D, for stopping by, hanging out with the three sixty university podcast. Anytime uh, it's much success me. to you. Oh man, thanks yeah, for thanks for uh, doing this, man. Definitely. Got mad we're gonna you. go out you're, you're, you're a big yeah. Big influence in the in the world of hip hop. You know, one of the one of the greatest lyricists in hip hop, in my opinion, in my honest opinion, one of the greatest lyricists. Oh man, in much love, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, when when Cool posted that on 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 the book the other day, then people just started chiming in like, <laughs> yeah, like he's a beast. He's a beast, boo. And and I and I and when I when I went on to it and I saw it, I said. This is one of the dopest MCs I heard. Let me put the first line to I Get Rough on there. You know what I'm saying? And then you responded. When I saw that you responded, I was like, I looked at my phone like, well, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He responded? <laughs> then I looked at the record. Hey, then the next day I go to the record store and I'm flipping through and I find the fab, the Disco 3 and a Mikey D record. In the yeah, that was crazy. It was just ironic. That shit was crazy. That Definitely. was crazy. But yeah, we had a great, man, great time, man. We're here. 360 University, number one draft pick right here. Mikey D. Peace. See y'all lesson 14 coming up real soon. Peace. Hey, peace. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Number one draft pick. We in the building. Hey, yo, Speed, this the type of track that I've been looking for, you know what I mean? Everybody talking about, yo, what happened to hip-hop? What happened to hip-hop? Well, ain't nothing happened to hip-hop. You just ain't been looking in the right places. You did? much speculation and not enough preparation i'm all about elevation og articulation for the next generation couldn't see him in the am or the pm from 220 if the merit to jamaica coliseum and all these rappers want to be him whether flowing off a good beat or rocking off the freedom your man's so strong, make the old sound new, so I can't go wrong. All this new music, I can't name one song, so I'm flexing off a beat that I came up on. And don't worry about swag, I'm fresh, Mikey always in this bag. Name a dope MC, I always get tagged. High from time zone, in other words, jet lag. Got a responsible flow. Yeah. The 40s have me slipping, but I conquered it though. Uh-huh. I'm on point with the consciousness, yo. I had to get the mind right so the sponsors would grow. Yeah. And I'm showing these clowns, Mikey D still got the illest flow in the town. Killed all the rumors that was going around. Ain't on the block, but 40 killers still holding it down. Yeah, yeah, like I said, hip hop ain't go nowhere and it ain't going nowhere. You just gotta know where to look for it. Shout out to LL Cool J's Rock the Bells Radio. Shout out to my man DJ Eclipse, rappers out of control. Shout out to my man NUT, No Ideas Original Radio. And shout out to my man Flatline, hip hop guys, number one draft pick.